Cast, and uh, we're going to be talking about what? Let's see, uh, Michael Cohen's testimony, uh, uh, perhaps something else. No, no, the most important news of the day is the AA draft, which is currently in progress. And uh, with me um, are two excellent uh, co-hosts. We have the commissioner, Matthew Starr. How you doing, guys? And then the federal champion, uh, second time on the podcast, I believe, Mr. Chris Schutzter. Is that right? Second yeah, time? you're saying it right. It no, put. no, no, I'm saying second time on the podcast. Yeah, no, I did the uh, the one with Jeff right before losing to him in a brutal, brutal, I don't even know what to call it. It was awful. <laughs> there you go. Well, he had a good team. All right. So uh, we are now um, 26 picks in, which means we have 23 picks to go. Um, and I think it would be fun to just start talking about um, the first round and maybe we can do a consensus redraft uh, if, uh, if you guys think that would be fun. Um, but we should also talk about, um, you know, how uh, the other guys picked and uh, what you guys think of how it's gone so far. Um, so the first pick uh, was really uh, the one with the least drama. Uh, Wander Franco going to um, uh, um, Becker's team to the dulcet tones of Vincent Scully. Matt, what makes uh, Franco so special? I mean, Franco's just the the kind of guy who's you know, he's he's seventeen years old. He's got like what, two, like sixties and seventy grades, and pretty basically every tool potentially. He's already really advanced. He's probably gonna get to the majors before he's twenty years old, unless the Rays mess with the service time. Um, he's just got massive upside, and it's just incredibly polished for a seventeen-year-old who's as athletic and skilled as he is. So, yeah, potential superstar right there. Wonder if I go right. What do you think, Chris? Was that a no-brainer? Uh, it was such a no-brainer. It's not even funny. Truthfully, I didn't even really look too much into Franco because he was such a no-brainer that, like, I didn't even want to dream on it. You know, I think I was supposed to pick six, so I, I was kind of trying to create a top six but alonzo and franco are the two names i didn't even waste time on so that's interesting switching to alonzo is that you know he's not ranked that high on a lot of the lists but going into the draft it seemed to me like he was going to go in the top three with mize and mize fell and we could talk about that more why do you guys think that alonzo was rising so high and was it the right move for nate to pick him and i'm going to step away for one moment so you guys keep talking yeah, sorry. If you don't mind, I'll just jump yeah, in. Go ahead. Like, my take on this is that the lists are flawed in a number of ways that, you know, this is not brain science, but right. you care more about proximity to the majors than they do, I have to imagine. Right. Um, because in fantasy, like, we, we care more about actually getting something for our pick than, than they're going to be dreaming about, you know, the pie-in-the-sky ceiling. Alonzo has a really good shot of starting, at least for some of this season. I, yes. I think he's going to win the job. So, like, that's thing number one. Thing number two is, like, they, they often ding players, I find, for defense or for playing a position that's not going to give, you know, plus on war on, on defense. And Alonzo's certainly not going to wow anybody with first base defense. But the bat is pretty strong. So I think he's a better fantasy prospect than he is a, a MLB prospect. Yeah, um, I, I, I totally agree. I think, I think, you know, you look at, like, you know, you look at the, 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 all his tools, you know, He's not. He's very slow. He's a bad fielder at a weak defensive position in terms of like, you know, overall like uh, like what he's going to provide more on the field. It's maybe not going to be, you know, he's not going to be a five six WAR guy ever. But you know, he's got eighty power and he can hit a little bit. And 
you know, he's the kind of guy who's going to put up maybe a 350 OBP with 35 to 40 home runs every year. And that's, well, that's pretty valuable. In, in LDB, that's historically at least a $25 million player. Right, exactly. And sometimes $40 million, you know, depending yeah, on fun. I think, I think it's really, like a lot of these picks, it's about savings, right? Um, and I think Alonzo offers some savings more than some of these other guys, or at least like, you know what you're going to be getting with him on some level. So speaking of which, I really feel like you more than anyone else kind of brought that language into the league where two owners try to get to the same dollar value on their trades. And I think it's an interesting way to think about things. And like, so do you think that Alonzo, um, in that spot was the right move in terms of money? You talking to me or are you talking to Shipsy? Chris, Chris, because I feel like Chris is always like, well, I think this guy worth like $30 million in surplus value. Get me there and we'll make a deal, you know? Well, you know, look, I, I, don't, think it's, I don't think it's brain science. Like, I think, like, with a lot of the K contracts, it's the same, same proposition. It's just harder to calculate with some of these rookie guys. Um, yeah. You know, with Double with A, you just don't know what you're going to get. And I know Star, Star and I, like, in preparation of this a little bit, he was telling me, he wanted to come at it with the stats about uh, teenage pitchers, which I know he's going to throw at us in a few minutes. But uh, it's you know you can always find the guy that can give you a hundred plus in savings over the course of four and a half years if you get incredibly lucky. But sometimes, you know, the the best first rounders, the late first rounders, like Jack Flaherty for me last year, I knew mm-hmm. he was going to be a starting pitcher for the Cardinals at some point last year. The question right. was, was he going to save me ten million or fifty million? Um, I, I wasn't ever worried that he was going to be a zero whereas a lot of the players that we see go in the first round are going to be zero right Right. Um, so that's and that's just the calculus of this i will i will say as someone who took aj reed number one overall a few years ago alonzo is no sure thing just because he's very similar to a guy like aj reed who just absolutely fell flat on his face and has not produced anything at the major league level yeah if you look at lists of guys who are power hitters like including Vaughn, who you took, and we're going to talk about him later maybe. Um, you know, the list generally works out, um, you know, if they can take a walk. But Reed is clearly the exception there. Yeah. And, I mean, and, I, and I think there's, there's a diff- big difference between Alonzo and Reed. I think what we know with Alonzo is the stat cast numbers are absolutely insane with Peter mm-hmm. Alonzo. I, we didn't, when A.J. Reed was drafted, we didn't have minor league stat cast. We don't really know. I think he's, you know, there was always questions about, his bat speed, I think he was not, you know, a massive exit velocity guy like Alonzo. It gives me a little bit more confidence in Alonzo not totally busting because of that. Well, as a true baseball fan, <clears throat> I, I really hope so. You know, because I'd love to have a first baseman that could hit on the Mets for the first time since Carlos Delgado. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, it's interesting. Like, I, I, I'm wondering if it's a weaker, very top of the first – of the first than we've had in previous years. Um, but I don't think even last year there was really consensus at the very top. Um, maybe you'd have to go back to 2017. Senzel and then Eljoy were both pretty clear, one and two. And then Co- um, Co- You mean Eloy? Yeah. Sorry, yeah. thank you. And then um, the, the kid who throws fast for the White Sox, who went number three to uh, I, Hughes. I don't know, Ian. I, last year we had we had Bichette and mm-hmm. um, and, and uh, Whitley. And Whitley. Whitley at the top. That's a pretty strong one too. Yeah, I think most years at least one guy ascends that no one sees coming. That's yeah. right. Sometimes there's two. Right. 
No, I, I, I agree. I think this was honestly, I think this was a bit of a weaker class. I think there was there was Wander Franco at the top, and then I think just a, a pretty major drop off to whoever you know you viewed as the number two guy, whether it was Alonzo, whether it was Mize, whether it was Chris Paddock. Uh, if you want to jump into talking about that, well, I, I love Chris Paddock. I, I, I am totally fine with that pick by Jorvi. But before we get into it, if you guys were picking at two, would you have picked Alonzo? Yes. Yeah, I think I would have taken Peter Alonzo. Okay, me too. I mean, obviously, he's a Met. So, <laughs> all right. So, and so now you like the pick by Jorvi. I thought it was bold because it felt like Mize was like the consensus three, um, you know, uh, clear, like projectable ceiling, great college pitcher. But he went with Paddock. Tell me why you like the pick. So, I, I, li- I like Paddock for a few reasons. I think, um, one, I think he's almost certainly going to pitch in the majors this year. I, I think that's maybe not the case with Casey Mize. I think, you know, the, He's, you know, he was in double A last year. He pitched very well in double A. If he doesn't start the year, he may start the year in triple A this year. I think the Padres have a weak rotation. There's an opportunity for him to pitch. Um, he was absolutely dominant in high A last year. Those numbers are out of control. Um, and he's just, he's a high floor pitcher. I think he's maybe not going to ever be a top 10 overall pitcher, but I think he's the kind of guy who could be a top 25, 30 starter coming into next year. Um, you know, I say look at look at somebody like a, a Kyle Hendricks type of numbers um, for what you might expect from Chris Paddock you know, this year. That would be attractive. Uh, what would you have done, Jorvi, at number? Uh, I mean, uh, Chris at number three. Uh, I probably would have gone Mize. I think I would have gone consensus. I like Paddock. I just also think that the Padres and look, I took a Padre pitcher myself, so. I think the Padres have a, a tendency of sometimes um, screwing up their prospects too. Uh, yeah, so I, I was actually going to say the opposite. I think, uh, and we, great, we haven't seen it, but there, there's been a lot of money invested in player development uh, in the Padres. We haven't really seen the product of that because all these guys are still in the minors. But I think there's, I, I am optimistic about the, the Padres' uh, prospect development. Um, and kind of, we've already kind of started to see the fruits of that on the offensive side. I think we may start to see it with the pitchers this year. All right. Well, so, it's, not, it's not that the Tigers are any better either. I mean, right. Go. That's the other thing. The Tigers have a far worse track record. <laughs> I think that's true. I mean, who is the last great prospect that has come out of Detroit? I mean, it was Michael Fulmer probably. Who yeah, but they traded for him. on the field. They yeah, traded true. for him that's from true. the Mets. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So. Um, all right. So going – Continuing down, so let's say that it had gone with Mize at three. Then at four, um, it was interesting that Paul was willing to switch spots for only half a million dollars to go down from four to five. Um, And I think, you know, he's wary and wants more money. But what did you guys think about the decision? And then uh, Mize falling to Dubner at number four. You first star. I mean, I, I, I was, yeah, I mean, I guess Paul, so I guess the, I, having talked to them, the trade happened before. No, I know it did, yeah. The, the, even though they announced it after, the trade happened before uh, Paddock was drafted. But I guess, um, you know, Paul assumed that there, Paul kind of viewed there were three really good players and then a drop off to the next year. He didn't expect, I, I would assume that Mize was who he expected to go third and didn't expect him to be there. Um, 
I don't, you know, I, I think it may be a minor misstep there. I think, yes, I, I would guess he didn't view Paddock as, as highly as maybe I did, who I had him as a clear, as the clear number four player. Um, but he thought there was a drop off after three. And so I guess it made sense. To, to I, I, I mean, I stuff. asked him if he would take Mize if he was there, because I knew that Jorvie was considering Paddock. And he told me no. Um, so I guess in that sense, he didn't miss that opportunity. I, I guess I, I had it ranked a little differently. Like, I thought um, maybe India or Chisholm or uh, Kalenic were four, five, six in some order. Oh, that's interesting. Um, I had Chis- I had Chisholm at five myself. I, uh, I I never I didn't go much beyond that, but I thought Kalenic was you know close behind him as well. So I'm not uh, and along with with the guys that did go. Like Lux and India and and Bruhan, yeah. I, Justin, I, I, May. I I thought that the thing about India is like that he he just hit so well at the last year of college, and it just seemed like he was projection. You know, you could project what he was going to do in the majors. He just seems to have more polish than some of these other hitters. Um, but I mean, obviously, with Mize falling to four, I think it was it was a boon for Dubner makes a lot of sense that he he made the pick there. Then Paul picks uh Brungen, who obviously Mark Bru- said Bruhan. Okay, I'm terrible at pronouncing names. <laughs> who uh Mark was obviously salivating over to get to. Yeah, that actually changed the entire course of my draft if I'm going to be really honest. I I had lined up uh two trades that I wanted to make from 6. And I thought Bruhan was going to be there for me if I dropped a little bit. I didn't mm. want to go too far. But I was actually originally negotiating with Anton at eight. And my hope was to drop for a little bit of cash and take Bruhan at eight. I love Bruhan. Tell I, me why I, you love him. Yeah. Because, because first off, I think that a blue chip steals prospect in this type of league is, is very valuable. Okay. Now, mm-hmm. you can say that there's a lot of second basemen in the Tampa Bay system. But mm-hmm. he's got an OBP that I think, I think it's going to be elite. Um, I think that he's going to have two categories that he's going to give you that are going to be elite OVP and stolen bases. This is never going to be a guy that's going to develop a huge power stroke. I think maybe five to 10 homers a year. I think, I think there's more power upside than that. I think he could hit 15, 20. I don't think he's going to hit 20, but look, I I love the guy. I'm not going to argue with you about how good he is. Um, I got excited about him because I think that he's, he's already, both getting the scouts salivating and he's putting up the numbers. And sometimes when you see that, um, you know, I don't know how many, how many lists I saw him on where they were calling him the breakout minor leaguer of the year, where he was the most likely guy to hit the top 20 that people had not heard of for next year's top hundred. Um, so this is, this is the thing that confuses me about him, right? Which is that everybody was so excited about the pick and were pissed that they didn't get him. At least it felt that way to me. And Jimenez is still out there and Jimenez is ranked higher on most of the lists, including very well-respected people like Sickles. Um, and I just don't see that much difference between these two players. And Bruhan is going to steal. I mean, Bruhan is elite speed and elite OBP. And Andres Jimenez is neither of those things. Andres Jimenez is like, you know, average speed and average hit. Like, you know, mm-hmm. Bruhan's the kind of guy who could, I don't think he's actually going to put up 400 OBPs, but like a 380 OBP and 35 steals. That's not I also think Andres he's getting Jimenez. dinged for, for second base defense, but a lot of places have him moving to center where they think he's going to be plus. So, like, I know, like, if you're thinking about the way that, that these lists are done, 
again, they count defense. And I mm-hmm. think that right now they're not seeing a path for him to reach a, you know, a clear major league position. And that's, he's getting dinged for that as a hitter. I think he's going to be great. I, I was pretty upset when that happened. I was like, Oh, come on. And I almost traded up with, with Paul too, just to make sure that, but then I was like, then I, that would, I thought that would have been overkill to get my guy. I was like, I need to be calm. There's probably five, six, seven guys that I could see myself with here. Mm-hmm. Um, this is Mark- really funny. I, I Ian, I, I know I said this to you before we started, but I, I guess now is going to be my quick moment to say, I've been in this league for six years now. The first year I was in this league, I probably spent a total of one hour on draft prep. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea what I was doing. It was the year that I traded you. Um, who did I trade you for my third round pick? You gave me, uh, oh God, he, he was on the Orioles now. And then at the time he was on the, on the, um, the Angels. I'm drawing a late night brain blank here. Um, we had a trade? Yeah, we did for a power guy who has a terrible OBP. Um, What's his name? He's still in the majors. Al, Al, Albert Pujols? Just kidding. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, I'll, right I'll fielder, look it up while you're talking. Right I'll, fielder, really big, uh, huge home run guy. I've played for the Diamondbacks briefly. Why am I drawing such a blank here? I'm, I'm sorry, I don't remember. <laughs> I have no idea who you're talking about. Oh, God I mean, it's going to – well, let's keep going and I'll look it up. All right, well, like, do, do I, I was talk- anxious to get rid of picks at that point. I was oh. like, I know these have value. First round pick, we took Trevor Rosenthal because I was like, I know the Cardinals. I know he's going to be a closer. Like, he'll at least give us some value. And I just had no idea what I was doing. Um, but this is the best Trumbo, part. Trumbo, Mark Trumbo. Yeah, it was Trumbo. Thank you. Oh, Mark Trumbo. Yeah. Um, like, it was, you know, I, I got to be honest. Like, this is what makes this league great. Even if you don't want to win by building a huge minor league system like Brophy and like Dubner, like, this is what makes the league great. Because you compare other leagues to this. And, and folks just have no idea who Jonathan India is, nor should right. they. Um, but we do, and I think that's kind of awesome. And it there's no awesome. greater thrill than getting somebody in the third round and having him two years later become a star. Yes, but you have to remember that that happens incredibly rarely. <laughs> and in most times, these third rounders have not really worked out for us. That's fair. So, Ian, uh, do you want to – I, I want to talk briefly about Mark Shea, but then we can do like a couple – instead of – we, we should probably pick up the pace to get through the mm. first round. But um, real quick on Mark's trade, uh, you know, Mark paid a pretty steep price to get his two guys, to get Bruhan yeah. and Lux. Um, you know, I think, I think if, it's funny if you look at the, the trade right now, I feel like it already looks like I, – I, I kind of understand the, um, the Bruhan trade. Two million dollars, right? Uh, well, it, it was 12 to move up from 21. But I think, you know, 21 – there, there, it's pretty clear right now that there was a drop off somewhere around the end of the first round where the consensus went out the window. Yeah. Um, and to, to move twelve million, to pay twelve million to move up from twenty one to five looks like okay. I can I can understand that uh, to move from to pay eight million, move from thirteen uh, up mm. to six to get Lux now looks like kind of a major overpay because of who was yeah, still out there. You know, at thirteen, that was still kind of the. I, mean, I don't have. Jared Kalanick and Gavin, I had, like those those guys were like side by side to me in mm-hmm. my rankings, and I don't think there's enough of a difference there. Um, but you know, Mark really liked those guys. You know, it is what it is. You know, it, it, he he's not, he doesn't think he overpaid for them. So you know, yeah, I mean, fine. look, I'm guilty of falling in love with players more than anyone. I I the stuff I read about Lux, I wasn't like, oh, this is a guy I needed to have, but I also. Right. Um, I'm always wary of how they value the shortstop prospects because like if they have the chance to stick at short, I feel like they just fall in love with them. Right. 
Yeah, because those guys are more valuable. I mean, shortstop, actual shortstops in the major leagues are very valuable. Yeah. I thought I honestly thought he was trying to trade up for for Chisholm. So, like, I yeah. thought that's what he was that what he wanted. Um, yeah, I was willing to give it to him, but yeah. You know. And and kudos to Becker for having Jazz Chisholm right. on his lap. <laughs> I mean, to get Chisholm and um, and Franco in the first round, yeah, and really to give up nothing, actually to gain, right? He gained. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, I I I really like Jazz Chisholm. I think you know the the comp is easy, and I've seen it a million different places, but I mean, there's no prospect that's closer to Javi Baez right now in terms of what he brings. And there's a lot of risk with that profile, mm-hmm. but it's also an insane upside. You know, he's just a guy who swings hard, hits the ball hard, is fast. And, you know, we'll figure out the, the plate discipline thing down the yeah. line. <laughs> so Paul has had an interesting draft so far. I feel like both the players he picked uh, Waters and Cruz were probably higher in his own individual evaluations than consensus rankings. Um, but I like Waters. I like the pick. I mean, I think he probably could have had him a few slots later, maybe even in the second round. But he seems like an interesting player. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Waters is similar to Kalanick, probably less polished, but maybe more, bigger tools. Honestly, there, there are there, there's. What they're behold's Kalanick. 19 or 20, 20. Kalanick's 19. Yeah, Kalanick's like half a year, it's like six months old, six months younger than Waters, but they, they're similar to me. Um, I don't know, and I think Waters was gonna go mm-hmm. in the first round, even if he, I didn't expect it. No, I don't think I think maybe he would have gone like 16 or 17, yeah, but I think a little bit higher than he went, you know. I just, I just don't like trading out of Ruhan, who he picked originally, uh, to Waters and two million. I just don't think that's worth it. Um, but again, I think I'm probably insanely too high on Bruhan, so we'll see. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, you know, I love speed guys, obviously, but I, I don't mind. I think maybe he could have gotten more if Mark was so in love, right? Because obviously, Mark was working hard to get to Bruhan, so Paul could right. have maybe extracted more value, especially because Mark is punting on his 2019 season. Like a couple million dollars is not going to make a difference in trade to him, maybe. Yeah. Right. A couple names that have not come up yet that it blows my mind that they have not come up. I think the best pitcher for the now teams right now was Josh James. Mm-hmm. Um, I when I no, down, no, did you see the yeah, news today? Hurt. Did you see he got hurt and the Astros said he's no longer in in contention for a rotation Damn. spot? Okay. Yeah, but at the time of the draft, though, you know, you could have made an argument for him going in the top five. We'll talk about yes. things that I didn't yes. know. I love because Josh when James. I dropped down to pick thirteen, I was like, maybe James slips to me. I was like, there's. I didn't think that Chisholm was going to be there. I didn't think Dustin May was going to be there. But I was like, maybe, just maybe, Josh James will get there. Yeah, I, I mean, I thought when I when I was started my prep, I was like, I feel like you know James like an SP three, SP four for Houston. He might slip to me at sixteen. And I talked to Matt about it, and Matt was like, no, he's going to go very early. And that's what I knew. Like, oh yeah, he's like a, he's a valuable starting pitcher that's going to play this year for a contending team. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, the Fangraphs guys had him ranked, you know, in, like, 50, 60 range for starting pitchers in 2019. Yeah. So, that, like, that, a guy like that was going to go early, regardless of where he's ranked in the, in the pitcher. In the All right, we pitchers. talked about India. I, I really love this pick by Sean. I love the draft that he's having so far. I was very, very high on Christian Robinson as well, who um, is another, like, really flashy outfielder. But I like the safe you know, value pick in India and then the reach pick in Robinson. But um, 
Uh, I think at that point, India made sense at number nine. Uh, I might have been attractive to Chisholm there. I'm sure that he debated it. Yeah, I mean, India to me is just kind of a little boring. Like, I just don't see massive upside with him. And, like, I don't know. When you're picking that early, I want the big ceiling. And India is going to be a major leaguer. But I think, you know, India could be a, you know, 340 OBP, 20 home run guy. And that's, like, you know, all he ever is. And that's that's not the sexiest. It's not the sexiest, but it's not a bust, right? Like, Right. Yeah. All right, so Ryan took a long time to pick the guy who I thought he would pick, Dustin May. Yeah, I had that one too. <laughs> I mean, I was like, look, he's a he's a well-ranked Dodger at that spot. It makes who's fallen further yeah. than you know you expected. I was him to just fall. like, I think he's gonna pick him, and uh, he did, and it seems like a fine pick, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that. I mean, that's that's great value. You know, I thought I thought May was. The next best pitcher after Mize and Paddock. Yeah, yeah. I have and zero I, objection to that pick. It was fine. I think it makes a lot of sense also that, you know, Nola and uh, Maeda are into their contracts. They'll get another homegrown pitcher uh, coming right. soon after. All right. Then we talked, we've talked a lot about Chisholm. Um, great pick at 11. We talked about uh, uh, Jeff Peterson just locking down the uh, the catching right. position, <laughs> getting getting all the catches. Okay, so again, I, I feel like I'm. I think it's a perfectly fine. Uh, no, uh, I, I feel like I'm opening sure. like a lot of like what happened in my behind the scenes. But Becker and I had lined up a deal where I wanted to move from 13 to 11 to get Adley Rutschman because I was like, Peter Peterson always drafts the college guy. Like I was like, he does. That's where Adley's going to go. I know he's going to go there. And then you star. You took the scent off because you were like, now nah, he's got too many catchers. He's got Cameron Ruiz <laughs> and he has, uh, what's his face from Baltimore, Chance Cisco. I was like, there's no way. He's you, I, to- I told you he was going to take him though, didn't I? I? Yeah, I mean, everyone seemed to think it was going to happen. I was like, no, no, no. It doesn't make any sense. Like, you don't need three double A catchers. You, you convinced have me. like six total prospects. I was prospects. sure it was going to happen, but you convinced me. I was like, that's going to be a waste of money. I should sit where I'm at and I'll get Adley. And then, it, and then he took him the pick in front of me. Oh. I, I apologize. I, I think it was a weird pick. I don't think there was anything wrong with Rushman going at 12. I thought it was weird that the guy who owns Caber Ruiz also I, took I agree with you there. <laughs> but, hey, maybe he'll trade him for something better. You know? <laughs> if, they, if they both are, like, top five catchers, there's value there. Um, I, get, I Right, guess that's true. Anton once had Carlos Santana and Buster Posey both as, as catchers. Um, I'll, I'll pause here and ask you guys for your reaction to Brophy and Mai's, uh catcher homegrown trade of Gary Sanchez where I added a young Padres pitcher who's ranked in the mid 50s the number 30 pick and then Strom who I really liked and wanted to get from you star before you traded him to Brophy yeah I mean I, I I said this to you earlier I mean I thought I thought it was a fine trade for everyone I thought Brophy did well to get Sanchez without giving up one of his top top prospects uh, but you know he gave up a you know a, a very good pitching prospect in a second round pick so you know i think it was a fair deal all around honestly yeah i, I think that um that's the problem with the double a draft is that you just want so desperately to start picking the players that you researched and fell in love with that you might give up too much in any given moment oh yeah i mean i that andrew vaughn became a major priority for me like yeah. this morning i really i really <laughs> thought when I traded for that number 30 that Andrew Vaughn will be in that spot. So we'll talk about that when we get to him because that was a heartbreaker for me. But um, I, I do think that if Sanchez hits and I held, I probably could have done better, but 
Um, I, I think that uh, Strom has a chance to actually be very valuable as a keeper. So that was what pushed me over the yeah, edge. Yeah, the, the, the Strom stock, it seems like it's going up and up. You know, it sounds like he's got a real good shot of, make, of cracking the Padres yeah. rotation. So. All right, Patino, the right-hander going to Chris. Yep. I saw the comps to Stroman. Uh, I'll be honest, like, I wasn't in love with the player over any of the other guys we've talked about. Mm-hmm. This was a value play, a tier play. Uh, you know, Star, I know you're going to talk a little bit about teenage pitchers and why you don't love this pick. He's a consensus. Like, every list has him in the top 100. Mm-hmm. I just felt like the odds that he loses all his value this year are not that great. The odds that I trade him at some point are decently high. I hope, I hope, I'm hoping for the best. Um, I really do like what I'm seeing with, you know, he's got a good slider. He's got a good fastball. Um, he's also not been pitching very long. These stories, I hate when, you know, actually, I, I feel like I got burned by Braden Shipley back in the day. But these stories about the shortstops that can get uh, converted to pitchers, there's something about me that always wants to believe that, like, that means that they're a little younger. I Not, not in age, but in terms of their development. And that there's going to be leaps forward with some of the pitches and, um, I don't know. I think I think there's a story you can tell yourself where Patino is going to be worth a lot, and then there's also the bust. So we'll see. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't think it was a bad pick. I. I mean, I just. You know. You. I think my my dislike of teenage pitchers in general as prospects is well noted at this point. I think Patino is as good as they get as far as that kind of guy. I mean, he's got massive upside. He seems very similar to like a Sixto Sanchez. Uh, kind of where Sixto Sanchez was a year ago. Um, Sixto has not seen its value decline at all. It's only gone up, though he did spend a majority of last season hurt. Um, but I, I mean, I think the the risk is, you know, these guys. The you know, he's he's, he's going to be he's not going to be in the majors for four years. Like, you know, we're looking at like twenty twenty three probably. And there's a lot of time for a guy that to get hurt in the meantime, or just not quite figure it out. You know, he throws hard. He's got two pitches. But, you know, you could end up in the bullpen after you wait four years for him. And I, it's just like, it's not, you know, I understand the, the upside, but it's just not where I would choose to spend my first round. I understand. I, I don't think you're wrong. Uh, I do think there's a story you can tell yourself where he's there in 2022. Um, you know, yeah. I think you can, I think you can reach double A this year. Um, we'll uh-huh. see. Uh-huh. But I, I think. Has he pitched in full season yet? Uh, yeah, 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 he, uh, you're right. He pitched full season last year. Yeah. You're right. So I think, I, you know, we got we to wait and see. This is kind of a big 83 year him, innings. But, but I think there's something to me about consensus, right? Um, a lot of the guys we're talking about, there's not consensus. Mm-hmm. Um, Gavin Lux, there is no consensus. Uh, uh, Bruhan, no consensus. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there is consensus on, um, on Patino, which to me means something. Like, I just, like... These guys are spending their entire day on this. And the fact that most of them have him ranked somewhere between 48 and 90, that means something. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are expecting. I, I would have picked him if he was available to me a few picks later. I, 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 was, I was attracted to him. <laughs> for, for what it's worth, I, I did have uh, – I, um, I broke – I took four lists. I didn't use all the lists to do this, but I did fan graphs and Keith Law – and MLB and Sickles, which are the ones that I trust the most. And actually, Gavin Lux did rank consensus higher than Coutinho did. Okay, that's fair. On those four lists. It was close, yeah. though. It, they, were bo- they were both average ranks where Gavin Lux was 44, Coutinho was 48. So it's not like they were mm-hmm. far apart. Um, I know we were, like, we had sort of, like, debated whether we were going to go beyond the first round or not. Is it okay if I just point out a pick that I love? Yeah, of course. 
Uh, okay. So I love um, Libertor. I don't know if I'm saying his name right. I thought he was Lib- I, Matthew Libertor. I think he's Libertor. Yeah, yeah, I thought he was owned after last year. He was a prospect that I felt like we all looked up last year. I honestly did not know he wasn't owned. Um, I think that's gonna. I think that's gonna be a great pick for Jorvi. Yeah, I mean, I thought that was the last of the consensus guys. Like, and and there, you know, I, I he easily could have gone at the end of the first round. Um, some guys like you know, Odio Cruz and and Ian. We could talk about Justin mm-hmm. Dominguez in a second. Uh, I like. I actually would love to talk about Justin Dominguez. But yeah, I mean, I thought Libertor could have easily gone. You know, thirteen. You know, or like he and Patino are basically the same to me. Like I, I don't see much of a difference between those. Yeah, players. I, I uh, maybe you were thinking of Adam Libertor, who's on the Dodgers, Chris. <laughs> no, no, I like. I'm telling you, like this is. Uh, I Matt Libertor is is the guy who was in uh, the running to be a top five pick last year. Mm-hmm. Right, he and the guy that you took, Schitzer, uh, whose name Ethan uh, Hankins, together. who yeah. probably Hank- never yeah, heard was, from was, again. Yeah. It was Hankins and Libertor yeah. were like the righty lefty high school mm. guys. All right, at fourteen, I got Kalenic from the Mariners. I think we've talked about it. I mean, I was I had to move up there because I I couldn't believe that both he and Hayes had fallen as far as they did. Um, I believe that I could believe that right because he's a little Kalenic. I was yeah because he's boring, I guess. But uh, Kal- Kalenic, I can I can I can. Uh, I can get by. No, I was yeah, so uh, that was a great pick. Just kind of fell yeah. in your lap, but it, it, it was it worked out. It did. Nice. It worked out great, and it gave me like some confidence to go with uh, my uh, <laughs> my my pie in the sky pick for uh, my you know my ch- my children's uh, enjoyment <laughs> in Dominguez. But all right, so uh, Hayes, look, I mean, it, to me, it makes sense that Anton picked him here. I feel like Hayes has the chance to be like. Adrian Beltre with a few less home runs. That is super yeah. optimistic. I, I, I think I think there's a decent chance that Cabrian Hayes is Martin Prado with better defense, which is, you know, great. <laughs> Martin Prado is like the perennial LDB replacement. Right. Player. Well, I mean, yes and no. I mean, there was a few years where he had solid 800 OPS in the, uh, in the late aughts. Um, 350. Just looking at Prado for a second, you know he was an All Star in 2010. Uh, 350 OBP, 809 OPS, and only 15 home runs is the only thing. It, hey, yeah, I mean, I think that that's that's exactly that's like Hayes' ceiling. I, think, I don't, I, is exactly I don't think so. Said. I think Hayes could hit 20 home runs. I know he. I know that he. I mean, he hit seven last year, but he. Um, I don't know. I mean, everybody thinks this guy's like a professional hitter. They'll teach him how to loft the ball over the wall. Yeah, I mean, he can hit. He can hit a little bit. I think. I think you're right. Up close, like through GWP, he's, he's an outstanding defender. He's going to play in the majors, but I just don't see a ceiling, a big ceiling. Yeah, I mean, Beltre is obviously to be one of the greatest players who ever played. So, I'm not trying to say that he's going to be that good. But Beltre, I mean, there were a lot of seasons where Beltre hit only. Yeah, like 19 home runs, 23, 21. Those weird years. Yeah, I mean, like, Beltre's career OBP is 339. Career OPS is 819. He has less than 500 home runs on his career. I mean, I I don't think what I'm saying is is outlandish, honestly. It's outlandish. (laughs) outlandish. I'm staying quiet on this one. I I think I tend to lean with Star. Uh, I will say Anton has done a fantastic job of drafting over the last couple of years, though. Yeah. 
Um, sure. And so, like, I, I kind of don't want to doubt anything he does. <laughs> um, last year, I remember, like, raising some serious eyebrows when he traded up um, to get a certain Yankees third baseman who kind of blew up. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And, and Duhar, like, you know, if, if you looked at, like, fan I, – I know he bought into the fan graphs right up on Andujar, and fan graphs is really hyping Andujar coming into that draft. And, you know, he, he trusted the right people and made the right pick. Yeah, I think Anton is pretty good at this. Um, and so we'll see. I, I'd be curious to get what his take is on it. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, this is fun. I'm, I've, re- I've really enjoyed it. And, and what I'm really liking now – by the way, uh, just before we move on, is Dominguez the youngest player ever taken? We've had a bunch of guys taken at 16. So, I mean, uh, Maiton, my, Kevin Maiton was also taken when he was 16. Bryce Harper when he was 16. I don't know who was the youngest. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I'm, not ex- I'm not 100% sure I know how old Dominguez is. <laughs> know, He's 16. I know, I know He's 16. He, he might be 23, is your point. He's enormous. I mean, he's, he's have you huge. seen a video of that kid hitting? Oh, my God. I did. I, I saw that video. <laughs> he does not he look like 16. <laughs> yeah. So, speaking of uh, another big guy, O'Neal Cruz. Um, he, yeah, he's a weird one. He's, I mean, I think he's a really interesting, unusual player. He's 6'7", 175. Have you seen that guy? Oh, he's really? Oh, God, I got to Yeah. And he can and he can mash too. When he, when he, I was talking with Paul about him taking Cruz, and I thought he was gonna he was taking that kid from St. Louis who like destroyed uh, the summer league. Um, and I didn't really know that much about O'Neill Cruz, so it's interesting. I'm excited to see uh, what he does in the minors. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he looks like a basketball player. He's just like tall and skinny, and you know, and a shortstop. Wow. Currently, I'm curious to see if that if he can keep playing. Not like a six seven shortstop. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think it's a cool pick. I, uh, you know, he must have uh, breakout potential. Oh yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, it's a high upside pick, and I think yeah. at that point, at this point in the draft, like that's what you got to do. You got to just trust your gut right. and bet your lottery numbers. You know, at that point, like once to me, like once Kalanick was gone, like if you wanted a hitter, like you know, take anyone. It doesn't really matter. Like there's there's a ton of guys with upside, and you know, any of them could be interesting or, or nothing. I mean, it's even Justin Dominguez. Like I don't think it, it's not the pick I would have made. Just you know, this is a lot that can happen, but also like why not? Right? You know, the the ceiling is huge. I just I see what happened with with my ton and and i'm like oh. it's tough to know if the guy who's the best in his class at 16 is gonna continue to be the best in his class by the time he's 20. yeah i have no idea but i'm excited about it <laughs> yeah um all right i think that like nathaniel Lowe was a pick that i really wasn't sure about i was really debating between andrew vaughn trevor larnich and Lowe, and uh, i trusted a bunch of sites that aren't that well reputed who think that he's like just going to break out like crazy uh and i went there's talk on both the lows i know you know we're we're trying to keep you know information going forward to the best but i'm sure everybody has investigated brandon low so i don't mind talking about brandon low i apologize i saw that article and nathaniel low uh but i at first when you took a when you took an l o w e from the from the rays i thought you took the second baseman Mm -hmm. that's what matt said to me too yeah I don't know. I, I I owned Brandon Lau in LGD last year. Oh, really? Like even though he's now able to be drafted in Double A. 
Yeah, I didn't. I but I picked him up yeah. at the end of last season. I don't. I don't think I finished the season with him on my roster, yeah. but I. I did. Yeah, listen, I'll. I'll say, Ian. I. I like the pick. I. I think he might have been there a little bit later. But yeah. You. You also had the unique position of, um. You know, you've been trading like crazy into this draft, but. Yeah. I think at the time that you drafted him, if he was one of your guys, like same as Dominguez, I don't fault you for going out and getting anybody. Um, right, and also like you didn't—that was your last pick. Yeah, you know, at that point, you didn't have the other picks that you ended up. Yeah, yeah. Like we talk about going back to the thing we started with. Lowe is close to the major leagues. Right, he's going to be an impact player. Um, I don't really see a lot that's going to stop him from being the first baseman of the Rays in the next twelve months. Right. That, that so, was my feeling. Like, yeah, I think I think that's a totally fine pick. I think it's a a safe, intelligent pick to make. Okay, uh, thank you. I wasn't sure about it. Yeah, I mean, I I actually feel a little bit differently. I think the Rays have so many players like that are of this caliber. It's going to be tough to break through, and I I think that's you know, low is on the cusp of the majors and is he going to, is he going to beat out Yandy Diaz? Is he going to beat out? Um, oh my God. The, 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 uh, the, the, like G, the, the, the like Mark Trumbo, G, G, G <laughs> man Choi. Like, is he, you know, is he, is he, is, is Brandon, is Brandon Lau maybe going to play? For no, he's, for not. he's not. And, and, the body types are so different. and I think that them trading Jake Bowers really does clear the way for him. Yeah, I mean that and that that may have indicated that they believed in in low, but I, I don't know for sure. There's just there's a lot of there's a lot of battle. There's gonna be a big battle for playing time on that team and at a lot of positions, including first base. So it's not. I don't know if it's it's clear cut, but you know he seems. Some people seem to really like him. You know the stats last year were yeah. insane. Yeah. Know. All right. So uh, should we should we go through the second, or do you guys want to stop? Um... I- I got to go pretty soon, but... Um, All right, why don't we just say our um, favorite picks of the second round so far and our least favorite. Can I talk yeah, about please. Andrew Vaughn? I'm a, I'm a big Andrew Vaughn fan. I mean, obviously, I I, I kind of went crazy for him um, to to pick him today, but he's a, he's a weird one. He's uh, 5'10", right-handed... <laughs> First baseman, which uh, there are none, of, literally zero of. Uh, it's not. It's not a. It's not. A, there's not a great track record for that. And uh, I was a little hesitant. I'd read a bunch about him. And, you know, it seemed like I was thinking about him in the third round. And Keith Law put out his draft rankings yesterday and ranked Vaughn second. And Keith Law is the guy, the kind of guy who is absolutely not going to. This is not the type of player that Keith Law typically supports, a you know, right-handed first baseman. And if Keith Law is going to say, this guy's the second-best guy in this draft class, then I, am, I was all in at that point. And the hit tool is insane. Like, I, th- this is a kid who's probably got – I'm guessing when the prospect list comes out, he's going to have, like, potential 70 hit, 60 yeah. power. Um, I mean, I think – the, the this obviously this is the dream scenario, but like you know that's that's like Freddie Freeman, you know what what you a right-handed Freddie Freeman is like what you hope that Andrew Vaughn. I mean the bottom into. the bottom line um, is that he won the Golden Spikes Award as a sophomore. Yeah, which never and happens. If you look at everyone who's won it: Brendan McKay rising up, Ben Attendee, Chris Bryant, Trevor Bauer, Bryce Harper, Steven Strasburg, Buster Posey, David Price, Tim Lincecum. Um, Jared Weaver. Yeah, they're all stars. I mean, there's only a few misses. Kyle Lewis was injured. We don't know what he's going to be yet. A.G. Reid might be a bust. 
Zunino might be a bust, but I think... Kyle Lewis is in the major league camp, and he's doing okay right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Zunino's not a bust. Zunino's the you yeah. Know, that's what I was gonna say. But I'm just saying, talking about stars. I mean, I don't know. Right. Remember who Alex Gordon? Oh, Alex Gordon from the uh, from the from yeah. the Royals. He had he had a lot, yeah, number yeah, of yeah. great years. And then, um, I mean, look, I, I'm disappointed that you got him. <laughs> Um, I, I think that I really just talk again, like Christian Robinson was very high on my list. Some people rank like Robinson in the top 30 prospects overall from a fantasy perspective. They think that there's a real potential for 25, 25 with decent OBP. Like they like the makeup for whatever that's worth. Um, I, I, I really like this pick by Sean. Yeah, I mean, it is, it's, it's, he's kind of like Jazz Chisholm, but like a little bit further away. It's a similar like profile in terms of what he could provide from a fantasy perspective. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so uh, we have 20 – ooh, some of these laundry's done. <laughs> That's nice. mine. I have that on mine too. I love that song. <laughs> so two, I just like having a washer dryer too. That's new. So we got 23 picks to go. We have uh, Mark with how many of them? 28 of them. Uh, <laughs> Mark one, has two, one, three, two, three, four, five, six of them. Yeah, but you want to puke in your mouth a little bit? Go look at what he has for 2020. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think of the 48 picks in 2020, he already owns 15 of them. I could be wrong, but it's something like around that. I'm happy to. I think it's, it's, it's eight and it's four oh, first. He has, um, yes, one two three four first including mine which is probably going to be a top three pick here's my first um two and let's be honest your pick is number one i don't know man i have a good strategy going you have like five dollars left to spend at draft i have 120 million (laughs) dollars yeah okay best of luck to you and and no players i'm gonna be fine when mark picks number one overall next year you're gonna be crying no 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 Mark Mark's probably gonna pick one in. I assume that he will be picking year. number one. <laughs> like, but I'm I I he might not. You never know, man. I'm good at auctioning, and I'm not gonna phone in the auction. I promise you that. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, I guess the fact that you don't own your first round pick gives you something to play for. You're not like totally tanking because you're not gonna get. No, I mean, I don't want to pay twenty million in the Queenies. I'm willing to pay like ten or fifteen. Um. Yeah. Uh, all right. How many choice? Brophy has how many? He's got two picks. Star has one. How many you got, Chris? You have. I got two. two. I got two left. Yeah. I have one, but I'm trying to get another. Um, you know, it's it's been a very fun off season for me. I started the off season with no double A players, and I already have seven. I'm about to draft my eighth. So very exciting stuff. <laughs> yeah. No. Look, I, I think this league is is it's so amazing. And part of why I wanted to come on after being in the finals and losing, like, I actually don't even like the first time I lost in the finals, it it stuck with me. This is my favorite part of the league. Like if I had to pick between preparing for and drafting the double A and playing in the finals, I know it's going to sound insane, but they're about even. (laughs) Um, So like, yeah, this is this is this is what it's all about. I just love this league. It's been a long time since Uh, I've played in the finals, so it's hard to remember. (laughs) Jeff, I hate you. <laughs> I love, I love you, Jeff, because yeah. you gave me another third round pick. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, it was a good deal. That that was like a totally reasonable yeah. price. Yeah, that's why I needed the extra two million from Brophy in that deal because it was already going to Jeff. 
Yeah. All right, guys, I got to sign off. But right, uh, this was fun. This was fun. Thanks for this including This was me. fun. And thank you all for listening. And uh, we'll see you again soon. I really want to get back going on to Better Know an Owner. I've reached out to a few of you to schedule you, but uh, let's get it going soon. All right. Have a good day, everybody. Uh, oh, and hopefully we have a new Oh, yeah. So. Matt's going to send me over. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You sent me over. You, I'll, I'll put it on there. All right. Have a good night, guys. Awesome. Night. Bye. Bye.